Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Back to the Friday edition of Football and Grits. It's sadly the final SEC Saturday of the season. The SEC championship game, of course, Alabama and Florida at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. And the one question that we are going to answer for you today, if you've listened to the pod all week long, you haven't heard much discussion of of this being an actual ball game, it coming down to the wire in the fourth quarter. But if you give Florida 17 points, maybe there's some action happening for you this weekend in the fourth quarter. I'm John Hayes, of course, with The Athletic, our guest picker this week. On the final Saturday of the SEC season is Josh Kendall. Before we get into this undercard this weekend on Championship Weekend, Josh, and it's a unique setup to say the least. You know, I don't know if there's ever been uh, other games uh, on a SEC championship Saturday, but you know, heading into this final weekend, has this season kind of played out as you as you have expected, Josh? I mean, think about it from a big picture point of view. Here we are; it's it's championship weekend. Yeah, I, and I think that that's where I've landed. Big picture point of view. Here we are. I am on the record saying that some of these SEC teams, particularly the one that I follow the most closely in South Carolina, probably don't need to play bowl games and need to just be happy that we got here. But I am, in fact, happy that we got here. The SEC is finishing a regular season. The SEC, barring something crazy, which I will not rule out in the year of our Lord 2020, will crown a champion on Saturday. They have gotten to the finish line. I am delighted about that. You and I both. Uh, it, it's been a, a wild season, and and I've been looking forward to this weekend, Josh, because I think you know what ultimately has been the best conference championship game in recent memory has been the SEC championship. And this year, it felt like we were going to get that game. It felt like we were all season long – you know, barreling down the tracks, just waiting to to see this matchup between two SEC Titans this year. Florida finally got over the hump and beat Georgia. Dan Mullen uh, was doing his 
his what he's been now renowned for, the quarterback whispering to Kyle Trask, looking like the best player in the country. But in the last two weeks, all of the air has been taken out of this game, and all anybody's talking about is is Notre Dame, Clemson. Are we being short sighted? Like, is there a chance that this game is better than we think? I hope so, but I'm you know, as regular listeners will know. I'm not exactly an optimist. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong on Saturday night. But what I see right now is all of our wishing and hoping and kind of predicting and saying the East is catching up, the East is catching up. Well, guess what? Alabama's a 17-point favorite against the East champion. The East is not catching up. So I hope the Gators prove me wrong. Or... I hope the Gators make it close. I won't say prove me wrong yet because I haven't made my official pick. Well, you know, I hesitate to bring up last week's show because, uh, you know, I just keep week after week after week, Josh, telling the audience where I was wrong. Um, I started off the season hot, but the last couple weeks have been rough, and this has been difficult as the season has worn on. Injuries have happened. Happened. Opt-outs have happened. You don't know what rosters look like. I mean, you got teams playing with 45 players. I mean, who can pick these games? It's been difficult. It's, it's been difficult. But I did go on the record last week, Josh, and I said that I think Florida has a chance to, to win this game, and that was less uh, than 24 hours before the day. LSU went down to Gainesville and and knocked the Gators off the pedestal for their for their second loss and we'll get we're going to get into that main event okay so I just wanted to give give the audience a little bit of a tease um, because we have three other games to discuss first and we're going to call this the undercard this is like a boxing Saturday I'm I'm surprised you know even though the game's on CBS I, I'd prefer Joe Tessitore be on the call. Uh, Saturday night on CBS because it feels like a a boxing undercard with Mizzou Mississippi State. Mississippi State, a, a one-point favorite in that football game. Excuse me, Mizzou, a one-point favorite in that football game. It, it's a pick in that situation, really, to me. Ole Miss and LSU, uh, this this line is a lot shorter. I, I think you would have been looking at a, a touchdown if LSU didn't pull that upset last week over Florida. Uh, LSU is a home dog, two and a half points. And by the way, this entire undercard, Josh, three home dogs. Texas A&M on the road at Tennessee. A two-touchdown favorite there. Let's start with the worst game. And we're going to do this like it's a, a boxing Saturday. You know, you're going you're gonna to make sure that Texas A&M and Tennessee, that's the, that's the fight before the big dogs head out to the, to the field. So let's start with Mizzou and Mississippi State. The Bulldogs, Josh, it feels like that LSU game was 10 years ago. And the Mike Leach hype train is completely off the track. So where do you stand on this program right now? Well, I'm not going to pretend that I'm that I'm going to break this game down based on, you know, personnel or matchups or anything beyond motivation. Mississippi State looks and feels like a team and frankly has for a month that's just going to be happy to get this thing under their belt, move on with their lives. Missouri's played pretty well. Eli Drinkwitz is, you know, a coach of the year candidate. I like Missouri here. I just – there's nothing about Mississippi State for a long time that's made me feel good. The one thing I was really disappointed about last week is seeing the score 14-14 to in the, the second quarter, Mizzou and Georgia, because I was here on the show saying I think Mizzou's got a chance at home to keep it close. It was 11 a.m. sleepy start, and then I – 
I don't know, it was, you know, took the dog out for a walk, got some snacks, sat back down on the couch, and it was 49 to 14. <laughs> Mizzou just completely went away in that game. So their motivation is a bounce back, do you think? Uh, head down to Mississippi State for that final weekend of the season and get that sour taste out of your mouth after that Georgia Bulldogs beat them. I think so, and I just think Mississippi State has very little motivation. Georgia, you know, although they've had what for them has been a disappointing year, still has the horses that they can lean on teams like Mississippi State and make it very uncomfortable for you in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. Mississippi State does not have that kind of thing. I just think Missouri will hold up much better. I think Missouri wins the game and and covers easily. I mean, in what we've obviously talked about is basically a pick em. Yeah, it, it's it's really tough to pick Mississippi State in this situation. Like To, to me, this, is, this falls again into the category of, well, if you've got to make a pick, you pick Mizzou. Um, but you know, as the day goes on Saturday, my advice would be, you know, don't place units on these undercars. Just a little, you know, just half a unit, maybe a quarter of a unit. Save it up for for the main event at eight o'clock. Uh, so we're both on Mizzou. Let's take Mizzou, uh, a road favorite, which makes sense. I think if you're going to have a road favorite in the SEC, Mizzou over Mississippi State makes total sense. So so let's take the Tigers. Um, Eli Drinkwitz is a guy that coach of the year in the SEC. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. He's in my. He's in my. He's on my ballot. I mean, obviously Sam Pittman is there strong. I mean, Nick Saban should just be the Memorial Coach of the Year every year. I get that. He doesn't get enough credit, particularly for. And we can get to this later. A pandemic season. It's been crazy everywhere except Tuscaloosa. They just keep killing dudes. So Nick deserves credit for that. But it, it feels like a, a consolation prize Coach of the Year in the SEC. It's like, listen, you know, we could give a Alabama. It always every is, frankly. Season. Yeah, so let's just give it to the guy that had a better season than was expected. Drinkwitz at Mizzou finishes 6-4 and four if they get the win on Saturday. Here you go, have the trophy. But by the way, Nick Saban's a, a thousand times better coach than you are. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, Okay, next game up. 
Ole Miss at LSU. Again, another home dog in this situation. Already passed on one. LSU catching points at home. Lane Kiffin coming to town. Uh, it's a place where Lane Kiffin has won before as the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Um, I was there that night. Uh, I remember that game going overtime. And I believe that Lane Kiffin, at this point in his career and what he's been able to do at Ole Miss, I think that he's the best play caller in college football. And I'm curious if you think that he can dial up the right packages on Saturday to get the win in, in Death Valley. I do. I am immediately going against your advice to save my money for the nightcap <laughs> because this is the number that I love. I'm pushing all in here. LSU, LSU's defense, LSU's win was a mirage. It was in the fog. I'm not even 100% sure all of that actually happened. I love Ole Miss in this situation. I love Lane against Bo Pelini. Lane's got nothing to lose. LSU is still limping along defensively. LSU is still not good defensively. I like Lane. Cover this easily. I'm not saving any of my money for the nightcap because I don't love that line for reasons we'll talk about. Give me Lane all day long. Yeah, it's it's if you're going to back a – uh, a play caller, it's it's Lane Kiffin. And I just wish this game was at Vaught-Hemingway. I do. I think if Ole Miss was playing at home, this would have a chance to be a blowout. That's why I do agree with you when, when you look at that number, and I had mentioned off the top of the show that this number is shorter than it would have been a week and a half ago. So you, you look at that Lane, Lane, you don't, don't forget Lane's still auditioning for the Auburn job. I mean, Lane's got to get 60 – so the Auburn money people come calling. So at the very least, he gets another million and a half out of Ole Miss. Well, this is a this is a Lane moment. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think that Lane Kiffin and and is the person to take over at, at Auburn. I I think it's an it's a no brainer. Do you think that there's any chance that he stays at Ole Miss if he's offered that job? No. No, I don't. I kind of wish he would because he makes Ole Miss interesting and the league is better when the Mississippi schools are interesting. But no, I don't. I think he moves on. Frankly, I'd be fine with Lane following the Tommy Tuberville train completely. So go Ole Miss to Auburn and then the U.S. Senate. I'm, you know, <laughs> Senator Kiffin. I mean, we can all get behind that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, just uh, as crazy as it is to think about Lane Kiffin becoming a senator – I mean, you go back 15 years ago, you'd probably say the same thing about Tommy, Tommy Tuberville and how crazy it would be for him um, to become a senator. Senator, senator Kiffin. I'm, <laughs> I'm calling it now. I like Ole Miss too. You know, and, and, and you know what? I think maybe I have to go against my formula because my formula has been letting me down. So the fact that I'm on two road favorites so far makes me feel maybe a little better. Maybe I can um, pick up some steam on this final weekend of the season. We're back in Ole Miss. We're back in Lane Kiffin. They've got a chance to score 40 on, on LSU. This, this game is – No sweat. This, this game is, a, is one of those games, though, Josh, that we've talked about where a full Tiger Stadium would make a difference. And that's, that's also a part of picking games this year. I always think about a, a home crowd with these home dogs. And I, I do believe a home crowd lifts up a, an underdog – and makes them believe. And you know, while LSU has had some fans in the stadium this year, they don't have that 100,000 uh, behind them. So I, I think Ole Miss gets it done. I think Lane Kiffin finishes the season on a high note. This could be a barn burner, though. I mean, this could be a three-point game. 
Let's hope so. Max Johnson looked good. I mean, if 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 they've got some confidence on offense, even though they don't, uh, they hardly have any players left on offense. They've got some confidence on that side of the ball, and they want to score forty-two. I'm perfectly fine with that. The 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 key number here is two and a half, though, and that's why I say if it is a three point game, you're still winning. If Ole Miss kicks that game winning field goal at the end of the game at a two and a half number, you're you're in good shape. So, so we've got Mizzou circled, we've got Ole Miss circled. Let's figure out whether we're going to circle Texas A and M or Tennessee, the final undercard game that happens to be played at noon Eastern time. It's a noon kick in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it's the best undercard of the day, but it's the earliest undercard of the day. These these games that aren't championship games, by the way, are up against other championship games. I think the Big Ten kicks off at noon Eastern time on Saturday. It does, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, so this is going to be up against the Big Ten championship game. So when it's Ohio State 42, Northwestern 3, halfway through the second quarter, why don't you switch on over to Texas A&M, Tennessee, and you can see whether Jeremy Pruitt is being burned at the stake at, at, at midfield after this one. Uh, we'll find out. Do you think Jeremy Pruitt keeps, keeps his job? I think so. Although I'm curious, as I, I, I'm curious or was curious to see if Auburn's move would make Tennessee get itchy. I do think that there's a possibility that weird things happening Saturday could influence the outcome. It feels to me right now like Tennessee is going to sit tight. There's there's less advantage than there might have been two weeks ago to making a change when you could get in the pool before everybody else. Or if you thought you wanted to get in this cycle as opposed to next year's cycle, when we imagine there'll be a lot of people looking for coaches, well, there are kind of already a lot of people looking for coaches right now. So I, my guess is Phil Fulmer sticks with his guy because if he bails on his guy early, it makes him look bad. My guess is Phil Fulmer sticks with his guy one more year. Well, whether he wins the game or not, that's to be determined. But what we care about is if he covers the spread because he's getting two touchdowns at home on Saturday in Neyland Stadium against a Texas A&M team that, that normally, in, in most situations, if you're giving me 14 points at home with Tennessee against a road Texas A&M team, that's like an autoplay for me. You know, Texas A&M is, has had their moments in the league since they've come from the Big 12 into the SEC, this year's being one of them. Obviously, the years with Johnny Manziel, the others. Um, but Texas A&M on the road in the SEC hasn't been the best team. And here they find themselves a two-touchdown favorite. Do you think they can cover that number? I think they can, but I'm not sure that they will. This number makes me nervous. I mean, I'd take Texas A&M in the money line all day long because I don't think there's any chance Tennessee wins this game. But – Texas A&M's offense, Jimbo's mentality, we've seen him just kind of grind out a few wins, especially on the road. As you mentioned, I think that Tennessee circles the wagons for 20, 22 and a half minutes on Saturday. Plays pretty tough. I think Texas A&M never is in any danger, but doesn't really put it in their pocket until early in the fourth quarter. I'm going to take Tennessee – only because, basically, I'm so tight on this line. This is basically a tribute to you and home dogs on the last show of the season, and give me Tennessee. But you know, I you know anything from 12 to 16 wouldn't shock me. Tennessee, you're our only hope. Get the job done, please. Make the home dogs look good on this final Saturday. Here's the deal. I think Josh just gave you all a bonus pick. He did. He absolutely did. And I love what he's thinking because a lot of times when I like an underdog, a lot of times when I like a home dog, they're ready to play. 
They come out of the gates firing. It's just the wear and tear of a four-quarter football game where eventually the the favorite separates himself in that fourth quarter like you talked about. So, with that being said, how about a first-half play in this one? How about Tennessee first-half plus seven? Tennessee first-half plus seven-and-a-half. Get yourself a touchdown in that first half, and then when Texas A&M rolls in the second half, you've already got a winner in your back pocket. Um, to, to back Lane Kiffin at 3.30. So maybe a first-half play. Maybe a first-half play with Tennessee. I, I, I like that. Uh, the only question for me here is, and we talked about this, uh, this last week on the show as well, is Texas A&M needs style points. Right? Yeah, but, you know, I'm just not sure they're, they're built for style points. Uh, I, Jimbo's... This is he's going to do what he does, and what he does is just sort of put people in a meat grinder. He is the one guy who has successfully replicated 2012 Nick Saban. We've talked about other guys, Jeremy Pruitt, Will Muschamp, who haven't been able to get there, who are probably not even shooting for what should be the right target and haven't gotten there anyway. But Jimbo's gotten there. Jimbo's gotten to that grind you out sort of decade ago model that went that has, has won football games for them I, I don't know that they're built to to go for style points especially on the road and especially with their form of late it's not like they've been putting up points by the bunches in these games um, that they've had in the last three weeks or so uh, so uh, you know I I'm gonna go against you here Josh uh-oh okay I'm gonna go against you here you know even though it pains me. That's what I'm saying. I need to make a change on this final weekend of the season. You know, it's like I just don't think Tennessee is in a position to um, to cover this number over four quarters. I think I think in the third quarter, when Texas A&M is up by ten points, like there is a conversation on the sideline that needs to happen. Like I don't, you know, when we talk about next play, when we talk about staying in the moment, like if I'm Jimbo Fisher. And I'm talking to my offense in the third quarter and we're up 10 points. I got to tell them, hey, guys, college football playoffs on the line. Give me everything you got right now. I need to school. I need to see three more touchdowns and I want you to look good because this is all about the eye test. And I don't care if that puts extra pressure on them. You know, I, I really think that's the conversation and that's college football in 2020. I mean, the idea of having that conversation on a football sideline in what feels like a consolation game because you got to impress a bunch of old guys and sitting in a room in Grapevine, Texas. That's the real talk right there. You got to look good in the second half. So I'm going to take Texas A&M minus the, the 14 points. But I do like the idea of, of Tennessee staying in the game in the first half. So maybe a first half and I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't love putting my money on Jeremy Pruitt. I'm not super excited about this line. But I'm gonna take. I'm gonna stick with the Vols. All right, so we're we're head to head on this one, which is good, which is good. We agreed on the first two. We got Mizzou, and we got Ole Miss, and now we have uh, a disagreement on the on the noon game. So we'll see what happens there, and maybe this maybe that game has a chance to be a good one. I hope this Saturday, being that it is the last Saturday, as Josh mentioned, it really really lives up to the hype, and and maybe it's something moving forward that the SEC could think about some undercard action on on championship Saturday. Maybe college football as a whole um, can, can consider this moving forward. Just how this happened to play out during the pandemic year. 
Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Now it's time to get into the question of the day. Josh, can Florida cover the number? Right now, uh, as we record, we're talking about a 17-point number. Four or five weeks ago, I believe I projected this line to be about eight. And it's almost 10 points higher than that. And it has something to do with the way Florida has played. And how, how good Alabama has looked as well. But it's not like they've gone up against great competition. Where do you sit on this number? Well, so Dan Mullen, we have been able to count on Dan Mullen to do two things consistently this year. Number one is to whine in the most irritating fashion possible when he loses a football game. Any football game immediately to make nonsensical and aggravating arguments. That's number one. And number two, to draw up pretty good, pretty good offensive game plans. So our hope here is on Dan Mullen number two, is on Dan Mullen just being in a room and coming up with the craziest stuff he's got in the playbook, throwing everything he's got at Nick, seeing what sticks, and keeping this game close. We know Alabama can score. Second in the nation, first in the SEC with eight plays of 60 or more yards. Florida, that Florida defense, seven plays given up of 50 or more yards. Twelfth in the SEC. Devonta Smith, going to have a big game. Mac Jones, going to have a big game. Can Dan keep up for four quarters? That, for me, is the question. I hope he can because it would be great, you know, I, 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 I'm not a a purist, a traditionalist, whatever you want to say, I don't want 13 to 10. I am perfectly fine with a 52 to 48 SEC championship game if that's what we've got. Not sure that's what we're going to get. So I hear you leaning towards Alabama. I'm leaning Alabama. So, you know, then you go below below that, there are a couple of factors here for, from Nick's standpoint. Number one is because of the weird schedule, this is more of a regular season game than normal. Traditionally, you've got a month or so after this before the Final Four, and Alabama's pretty much always in the Final Four. So you kind of put a period on things. You kind of build, and this is a period or an exclamation point or a semicolon or whatever, and you can, you, you can finish strong here. Then you reboot for the championship, for the semifinals. You can't do that this year. Basically, you've just got a bye week, and then you're playing again. So this is more like a regular season game. So there's more of a thought 
if it's big in the second half, that you're pulling guys, that you're resting guys, that you're thinking ahead when you didn't have to think ahead in previous years. Secondly, is there any part of us that believes there's any part of Nick who gives a good, hot damn about the Heisman Trophy? And if there is, does he let Mac and Devante play longer than he might for that reason? That's a good question. My gut tells me no, that he could care less about the Heisman Trophy, but college football has become more of an individual game, and I think that's a rant that I could get on someday about Ohio State and why they've had so much success in the Big Ten because they celebrate their individuals, and that's what coaches have to do today to run a program. This isn't 1972 when you didn't have names on the back of your jerseys. I think Nick Saban is changing, and that's what's made him and his run so impressive because over history, Josh, we've seen these legendary coaches on the back end of their careers just kind of fall out of touch, especially with 17-year-old kids and what matters to them. And maybe what you're going to see on Saturday is Nick Saban telling both those guys, hey, go out and get it in that second half. Let's put up the big numbers. Let's get you both to 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 um, the Heisman finalist ceremony. I was going to say New York, but I but my guess get you both to the Zoom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Instead of the Best Buy theater, uh, you can go into your parents' second bedroom and hop on the Zoom. Uh, but um, I just i I think that everything that you're saying makes complete sense, and I've been the idiot on this show for the last two or three weeks trying to come up with why teams could cover against Bama. Last week against Arkansas, I said to myself, well, in the second half, I mean, Nick Saban should be playing the scout team. Like He can't risk anything in this football game. Just just go to Fayetteville, get up 21-0 in the first half, and then put in, literally, your walk-on players to finish the second half. The problem is... Instead of scoring three touchdowns, they scored like seven touchdowns in the first half. And they and, and Alabama was covering that covering that 30-point number against Arkansas in a blink of an eye. Week before that against LSU, I thought, okay, you're you're in Death Valley. This is this is gonna be LSU's game, which which eventually did come, by the way. You know, there LSU did step up. It, they did get there, but it wasn't against Bama. It wasn't against Bama. Then against Auburn, you said, you know, it's the Iron Bowl. It's the Iron Bowl, and it's always close. This Iron Bowl is a good game. Gus Malzahn, he, what he does have is Nick Saban's number. He's the only coach in, the, in college football that can beat him regularly, and it just didn't happen. So over and over and over and over, I've just been trying to come up with reasons, and it's not because I'm a Bama hater. It's just because I thought in those situations that there was a chance for a cover, and I'm just going to go against all that, Josh, like – I want this game to be close, but I just, after listening to you guys all week long, after thinking about how Florida has changed throughout the season, how they may have been playing their best football already, and that does happen. Sometimes teams play their best football in September and October, and when you get to December 19th, you're just kind of a shell of what you were. And unfortunately, I think Florida's maybe in that situation, and Bama wins this game. 48 to 20. And they cover the number by a touchdown easy. And it pains me to say that because I want 
there's nothing better than a good SEC championship game. I want it, man. It would be it would be great. I'm I'm completely with you. I I want to see a competitive game. I just uh, I, there's nothing that I can point to that suggests that we will. Well said. So we've got Bama circled at minus seventeen. We've got Mizzou circled plus one on the road at Mississippi State. We've got Ole Miss circled on the road at LSU, and we're head to head on Texas A&M Tennessee. We'll see um, who gets that job done. It's it's the final SEC. Saturday of the season, which has been, quite frankly, the craziest college football season of all time. Would you agree with that? Do you think it is the craziest college football season ever played? It, it, it has to be, and let's hope that it retains that title forever. Let's hope that it, it, there are no challengers to come. <laughs> yes, we, we don't need um, any other seasons like this. But And, and I think as we get into the offseason, as football and grits moves on, as it will, and we get into the offseason and we talk about the future of the league. We talk about scheduling, the changes that happened this year, how they impact uh, the sport down the road, the conference down the road. We'll get into all that. But before that, of course, Andy Staples and and David Ubbin will be here on Monday morning for you. Not only talking about the SEC championship, but we'll be talking about the college football playoff picture. Who does Bama play if Florida wins? If Florida pools the unimaginable upset? Do they get in the field? Before we go, um, do you think that happens? If Florida does win this game, do you think they should be put into the field? Do I think they should be? No. Do I think they will be? Probably, because I think Alabama goes regardless, and I don't know that you can leave Florida out having just beat the Alabama team that you put in. But as you know, as a rooter for chaos, certainly I would like to see that. I, I would like to see them have to jump through whatever hoops that they could I think that, you know, you know, if, if you end up with two ACC teams and two SEC teams in the college football playoff, that blows this thing up quicker than anything. Like that, so. <laughs> the the ACC-SEC challenge. Hey, like I get it from a business point of view. Like you can't leave three of your Power Five conferences out, but those would clearly be the four best teams in the country. And Ohio State, sorry, just didn't play enough games. Um, and that's why you're, why you're getting left out. Sometimes life is is not fair. Um, I'm John Hayes. I appreciate everybody being with us during the season on, on Football and Grits. I hope we can finish strong here. Josh, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, always a, always appreciate you. Um, you'll be back next week before Christmas. We're going to do three shows next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And going to take Thursday and Friday off for Christmas Eve and Christmas with the fam. So Josh will be next back next week on the show with David Ubbin as well, talking about the college football playoff. Any news about Lane Kiffin, maybe? The Gasparilla Bowl. Oh, the Gasparilla. We're going to go heavy on the Gasparilla Bowl on Wednesday. Of course, yes. The the, the bowl games that are still going to be happening that that – we got to figure out who's playing in them, so we'll we'll know we'll know next Wednesday. Um, I hope everybody enjoys enjoys the football this weekend. I hope these games are good. I hope the SEC championship game gives us maybe a bit of a surprise. Uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. You can follow me at John Hayes on air on Twitter. You can follow Josh at Josh the Athletic. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.